Blog Talk Radio. Today, my name is Ian Eisenberg here in New York. Along with me out on the West Coast, let's welcome back Mr. Jay Logan. Hello, Jay. How are you today? Hello. How are you doing, Ian? I am great out here. And I am and great freezing. out here too. Yeah, and freezing, oh. freezing sunny California. <laughs> and I'm here in. Beautifully warm, not too hot, sunny New York. Wow, you're lucky because we're having a 10-day cold spell here, and it's freezing. It's uh, well, you need cold. to have some medicine. You need to have some medicine so the um, so you can get rid of the cold. <laughs> yeah, maybe you can bring some of that, that heat out here you know, next time you're out this way. Absolutely. I'll take some heat. I will bring it across. To your bay, so you can have a warm thing. I've heard of like the infamous cold San Francisco summers, and wow, it's just amazing. Like just the science, just the technology, and of course, the music. That's right, kids. This is parents' kids' music. What we do here is we generally the focus is the relationship that people have, no matter how old they are, with their parents and their kids. When it comes to the music that they listen to, together, individually, we like to talk about really what is it in your background of music, who influenced you, who introduced you to music as a kid, and being with parents and kids in the title of the show, there's a big focus on how did your parents introduce you to music, and also just everything else and just the relationships that you've had in your life. So Jay, I've heard some good things. Tell me about tell me about this artist that you have been speaking about. Like, well, it's an artist. Well, it's an it's an artist that everybody knows, kind of. She, uh, her name is Bianca Ryan, and she at age eleven, she debuted on the American Got Got Talent, and she actually won. And, I remember uh, that. Yeah. And um, she's a singer and a guitarist. And after that, she went on and recorded an album. And um, she's getting ready to release her second album. It's coming up very soon here, shortly. Um, she's on a subsidiary of Columbia. And sometime this year, they're going to release the, oh, they're going to release her second album. I think they held it up for a minute. It's supposed to came out last year, but I think they were working on some other singles. So you guys look out for Rebecca. She's very talented, and she impressed all the judges, including Brandy. If you guys know who Brandy is out there, she did a great job singing and winning America's 
that time. I, I remember yeah. that. I just re- I just remember this little girl with a huge voice that first year because it was, uh, you know, America's Got Talent's now become a really an annual staple on of, of, like, summer competitions and television. I remember that first season where the host was Regis and just seeing right. all the turnovers of, over the year, just seeing it, where it's not so much about, like, making these huge, giant pop stars like American Idol is, but it really does show people in different areas. And I remember, like, one of the finalists that year was a, was a ventriloquist. Did uh, did he throw a voice around? Um, The ventriloquist, was he, like, uh, pretty good? I mean, could you tell with his mouth moving when you uh, watched him? Was he a good uh, ventriloquist? Yes. And it was just just the fact that it's like you have – it was something where it was this competition where it wasn't – it was more than just – just music, or just okay, vote for the best singer, vote for the thing where I mean, the idea of like magicians, or I don't know, I guess perhaps like you could be a chef and go on that show and be like, I'm look at look at how talented I am, I'm baking you all chocolate cake for the entire audience, vote for me, type thing. Like, I like the idea of the whole fact that they basically like took like that American Idol concept but made it to more than just music. Like I know that that show actually was from Simon Cowell. He also had another show called American Inventor that was similar too where people could just bring their inventions and get funding and get them in the stores. But yeah, Bianca Ryan was I it's funny as you like mentioned, I was like a blast from the past because I don't regularly watch much TV and reality shows anymore. But wow, that she's still around yeah. and that that she's making music. Yeah, I think she's seventeen now, Ian. Wow, it's kind of yeah. like I, I mean, it's just like how time goes by. Like how we were talking before the show about Harry Potter and how. Oh. The first the first movie came out in December or was it November? It was definitely in late two thousand one. And to think that it's been an entire decade now that it's been almost ten years since the first movie came out and I mean being on the eve of the final movie, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two, which Okay, I'll admit, I saw it this morning already. Yes, <laughs> I already saw it. <laughs> oh, well, how yes, was but, good, wasn't it? But, it, it? You know what, it was great. I mean, my opinion is if you love Harry Potter, you will certainly want to see the end. I personally am not that I never read the books, but I saw all the movies. I thought I thought that just like the last movie, which was also based on a book, based, like the last two movies were based on the same book. Where you had part one and part two of this book, I felt that because they made it to two movies, they stretched it out, and there was a lot of filler material. I would have rather seen just one movie instead of two. But you know what? It, you know what? I mean, the entire franchise was great. It was a good story, and it had a great ending. There were a lot of things like that were good about it, which I'm not going to spoil because 
I'm not here to, to spoil people. I'm here to introduce people to great things, to great music, and to lots of awesome stuff. So, well, can I ask you? Speaking, can I ask? Yeah. Can I ask you? Was there a lot of action in this Harry Potter movie? There certainly was a level of action. It was, yes, there were some great things. I mean, there were things that involved, of course, involving magic, and just, and just like that, just like the battle between Harry Potter and he who shall not be named. And really just some revelations about who's good, who's bad. And it was, I mean, there were some things, there were some things which I, as I say, it's funny because it's like you see a movie and no one else has seen it yet and, or no one, or hasn't read the books without spoiling it. Like, I'm not going to tell you that, I'm not going to tell you my opinions on a lot, on anything that really involves the story itself. But yes, it was oh. a great movie. I, yes. <laughs> Jay, if you want me to tell you everything that happened, I will tell you when the show is over. But right now, we have a great show. We have a great guest who is waiting for us on the queue. And here that, he comes. That, 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 What's that? Oh, waiting, on the, waiting on the queue. Is that like barbecuing or something like that? You mean waiting in line? I, okay, I, go ahead. I mean, it's here. <laughs> No barbecue or vegetarian, but I'm not sure about Greg. So, Greg, are you there? Yes. Hi, Ian. How are you? Excellent, Greg. Greg, meet Jay. Jay, meet Greg. Jay, hey, Greg. Good to meet you, too. Excellent. So, so, how's your day been going so far up to being a guest on Parents Kids Music? Um, My day is great. I'm a teacher. I have the, the summer off, so it's a perpetual Saturday for me. Wow, it's like a few months of Saturday until you go back to school. Exactly. Well, perpetual Saturday is for now. We're not going to think about what happens after that. But right now I'm just, you know, enjoying enjoying my time. And that, that's a, that is a good thing, which means with parents' kids' music, um, you might not have children yourself, but you definitely do have a lot of kids. Like what age um, students do you have? I teach seventh grade. Seventh grade, so you have a lot of kids who are listening to music, and I just really start to start developing their music taste. Like, like, like what do you to, observe? Yeah. Yes, like what do you observe? Like of your kids, like what was like, what were they really into music-wise this year? Oh, Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber, about- Justin Bieber, and Justin Bieber. Boys and girls. Mostly the girls. I mean, the boys actually don't um, they don't seem to talk about their musical preferences as much as the girls. I feel like it defines the girls more more um, more rigidly. I guess would would be the word because they're the ones that they come in. They have the the posters. They have the the folders with the the pictures of their of their idols on it and whatnot. Boys don't do that quite so much. They don't seem to be as expressive of their of their fandoms. As the girls are. Wow. Or, or at least at that age, seventh grade. Who is? I, I mean, I said, or at least in in that age as they are just developing. And right. Like, so, so, so let's go to you. What about you in seventh grade? What were you interested in seventh grade music-wise? 
Wow, okay. I was seventh grade. The year was nineteen ninety one. Um that sounds right. Yep, yep, I'm thirty two now, so nineteen ninety one, twenty years ago. Um I was actually a little bit all over the place. And I was I wasn't I wasn't into any one group so much or any one uh, style and right now I'm not I'm not in, into one group or style so much either. But I remember big that year was um, Naughty by Nature, so um, OPP, um, Hip Hop Parade, you know. Um, I, I still <laughs> remember all, all OPP. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, you know it's, me. It was the, yeah. it was it was just all about the, it was all about that early '90s hip hop. I. I still do remember OPP playing at my bar mitzvah in September of 1991. Okay, so there you go. It, it was just starting to, I don't know if it was starting to, but at that age it seemed very, very cool to, I mean, I grew up in in a, in a mostly white suburb, um, but the, the, hip-hop, the hip-hop influence was, was really, really taking off at that point. That was also the year of Tommy... Color Me Bad, also. I remember Color Me Bad. Color Me Bad, that's Color right, yes. Yeah. Another name we've forgotten. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Crisscross. Um, I think mm. Del Bib DeVoe was around that time. Boys to Men was just taking off at that point. Yeah, they were just yep. taking off. Yep. Yep, it's Mariah like really Carey was, was starting to come into her own. Vanilla Ice yeah. also was around there somewhere. <laughs> it was like really. I think, he, like was, he, I think like, he was. He was gone by then. I like to think he was. <laughs> well, yeah. It, it, I mean, it was like MC Hammer and and um, Vanilla Ice were like were basically it was like sixth grade, and then seventh grade it became more different gimmicky rappers. I mean, you had like yeah, like you had the Humpty Dance, and you had Sir Mix a Lot, and you had lots of other great like great things which have, which you know in some some ways, like it's it's funny talking about like music which we liked like twenty something years ago. Just realizing that even though it's not like something that's in your necessarily your regular rotation today, that these are like novelties that have lasted the test of time to the point where yes. it's. I mean, it's like for example, I mean, it's like Sir Mix Lot's not like this huge Grammy winning artist these days or this legend. Or it's going to sell at Madison Square Garden, but he'll all be always be known as the baby back guy, baby got back guy. Yeah, I was I was driving last last week, and that song came on the radio, and I sang it word for word the entire, the from beginning to end. You know, he he had he had a contribution. It was he he made hip hop fun. You know, absolutely, absolutely. So. All right, so let's go back a little bit uh, before then. And what what is what's your parents' music? And like, what was playing in the car when you were a kid? Hmm. Let's see. My dad, my dad was kind of all over the place too, which maybe maybe that's why I am, um, because we would hear some, um, you know, country music, Alabama, Garth Brooks, George Strait. At the same time, on his, you know, mixtapes, he would have. Uh, the Beach Boys, he would have Creedence Clearwater Revival, um, The Four Tops, Marvin Gaye, a lot of Motown, um, Diana Ross. Uh, and, and these were reflective of what he was listening to when, when he grew up. And 
now when I listen to those songs, it reminds me not of, you know, the 50s or 60s so much, but it reminds me of my dad. It reminds me of the, the family vacations we would take where we would all pile in the car and drive down to, to Florida for, for, you know, it'll take two days to get there. Arizona took us four days to get there. Um, and what were we listening to in, in the car? Not my music. <laughs> we were listening to my dad's music because he was driving. It was his car. Wow. So, yep. So, like, did you ever, like, did you have a relationship, like, with your dad and with your family about saying, can we play a different station for once? Like, did, did that ever even, like, come into your mind, and how did that play out? Um, I don't think so. I, I think it was pretty much established that, you know, we're going to listen to his music, and if I didn't like it, I had my own Walkman. So he'd have his thing on, and I, I would, you know, turn on the Walkman and listen until it ran out of batteries, which tends to happen when you're driving to Florida or Arizona from, from upstate New York where we started. And then when that happened, I'd listen to listen to his stuff. Very cool. And it's like funny, like thinking about the Walkman, like how did you get your music? Like did you make copies of things from friends, tape stuff off the radio, buy the tapes themselves? Like it, it, I was just, a, it's crazy to think that it was maybe like within the last year, the last few months, Sony actually finally officially discontinued the Walkman. Right, which is, I, don't know, I can't say it's, it's a shame because I understand all the economic reasons and technological reasons why it's just not feasible anymore, but but it, it's definitely a piece of nostalgia, definitely a piece of um, of, of my childhood and of, of your childhood, you know, because what Absolutely. I would do, I would, when I, when I wanted to own a song, and I'm, you know, 12, 13 years old, I don't have money, you know, I have blank tapes, I have a radio, and I have a I have the ability to record songs off the radio. So if there's something I wanted, I'd sit by the radio, I'd wait, I'd listen as soon as I recognized those opening bars as the the song I wanted, I'd hit record. Then as soon as I heard the DJ's voice cutting in, which he invariably did, so I never got the complete song, you know, unadulterated, I would I would cut recording. That's why to this day, I feel when when I'm listening to, um, if I hear We Didn't Start the Fire by Billy Joel, when it gets to the end, I always, part of me always expects that the last line of the song is, Continuous Hits K104, that was Billy Joel, because that's how I I got the song, that's how how I heard it, and that was permanently implanted on my copy of the song. WSPK Poughkeepsie. That's the one, that's the one, and that's the one that we all that we all listened to starting in, I guess, fourth grade, fifth grade. It was all the, the pop hits of the time. And if you weren't listening to K-104, you were nobody. Yeah, or at least that's how it was during my summers. What's that, Jay? Uh, I was wondering, what did he do with all the cassettes? Or did he use the same cassette over and over again? I'm wondering how did he uh, catalog his, uh, his uh, radio. Oh, I, had a few different, I, had, I had a few different cassettes. Um, <laughs> and I would call them, you know, Favorites, and then best of favorites, and favorites part two, favorites part three. And sometimes, every now and then, I would actually borrow my dad's tapes or CDs. Um, and borrow, that's how the Beach Boys. <laughs> huh? I bar- what I did, my borrowing was I taped over my dad's. Um, I got in trouble later. I said, well, there's a free, that's a free tape, and I ended up 
taking over one of his things, and he's looking for it for days and days. I just didn't say anything while I was enjoying my walking. But did you borrow, or did you do what I did? Kind of like, oh, there's a free tape, right? Cassette, nobody's using. Hmm. No, no, I borrowed. I, I gave it back. I, I, I would borrow it, and I would just record from his onto mine. I would, I would dub the tape, or dub you know the one, the one or two songs I wanted, and then give it back, just you know to keep. Uh, to keep his record collection open, so I'd be able to do it again. Okay, you had but, peace in your house. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, we had peace. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I tried to maintain peace that way. But, like, yeah, do you still have any of those tapes hanging around, like your parents' house or anything? Um, I don't know. Uh, I I would bet. Yes, my guess is my guess is they're probably in the garage somewhere. And I don't even know if I have anything to play them on right now. <laughs> Honestly. Wow. Uh, I, I think that's a great natural segue to, okay, how do you listen to and get your music today? iPod, iTunes, Pandora, and terrestrial radio. Uh, so you still, like, with your like with the traditional radio stations, you tend to listen in the car or at home, or where do you get your where like is it limited to one area? Because I know personally, I rarely listen to radio unless it's what I'm driving. And what same, is same with me. And what what is your favorite? Like out of all of those you mentioned, celestial radio. What's your favorite uh, medium to listen to things in? I'm really starting to become a big fan of Pandora because unlike unlike my iPod, it's not giving me the same songs over and over. Unlike the radio, if I don't like a song, I can I can skip past it. I can say no, I don't like the song. Never play it again, you know. And then it'll say, okay, fine, Your Majesty. Here, maybe you like this one. You know, if I'm, I feel like I'm a ki- I'm a king when I'm listening to to Pandora, so I have more more control over the situation and gives me the opportunity to discover new songs, new artists that my iPod doesn't. Okay. You hear it out there, Pandora rules. (laughs) What was that? Although you... No, I'm I'm saying I'm saying you hear it out there from um, out there our listener fans, Pandora is pretty hot. (laughs) It is. It is. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Even though the Earthlings knocked out Home Tree, I think Pandora is still great. <laughs> I'll leave the Earthlings alone. They get a bad rap. <laughs> we're we're great. So hey, Greg, get the, Greg, what, like, what? Greg, what instruments do you play? Mm-hmm. What instruments what do instrument? I play? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't play any instruments. I'm. I'm a listener. I'm not a musician myself. Okay. Like, did you ever play any instruments, like, in school or anything as a child? I played the trumpet for a little while, but my my mother, she used to work the, the overnight shift at the post office. So she would work from 11 p.m. to maybe 7 a.m., and then during the day when we were at school, that's when she got a lot of stuff done that she needed to get done. And a lot of times at night, uh, after after dinner or, or, or before dinner, she'd be sleeping. That's, that's when she slept. So I never really got a chance to practice. That wasn't going to piss her off. So <laughs> I just never really got very good at the trumpet. So I kind of gave that up after after three years. I wasn't really enjoying it so much. 
and I didn't feel like I had that much of a of a musical talent either. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. Which is fine. We can't all be uh, can't all be musical geniuses, you know. But we could be geniuses in different areas, and we can try. The fact is, and the fact is that that regardless of whether you play music or not, that music has certainly had a role in your life. Just being able to just identify even with different eras of your life and just like the technology of it. Like like what do you see of the future of music, like as an industry and as an art form? Hmm. I really have no idea. Um I don't know. Like, because, I think that, yeah. Yes, yeah, technology is going to change the way artists get paid. It's going to change, um, you know, the way the music is distributed, the way people listen to it. But in the end, music is still music. Artists are still artists, and people are still going to find artists they like and and gravitate towards them and go to their concerts. I don't think it's really changing at the at the core. I think all the changes that we're seeing to music are, are kind of are kind of superficial. I mean so what you're listening to it on, on an iPod versus a, a Walkman versus an eight track. It's still music. You're still enjoying the songs. Maybe the quality is a little bit you know better technically, but people still enjoy it. It's still part of people's lives. And always will be excellent. And, and do you have any final thoughts about really just the relationships that are just developed and created because of music in the, your lives and the lives around you? Um, I think I think that music is rather than anything else the number one way to. It's really set, set a, a milestone. If, if I hear if I hear a song, I know oh that was a song that I knew from my freshman year in college. Okay, if my my seventh grade year, this is a song that I remember was playing that night. I danced with that girl that I really really wanted to dance with, and then she never talked to me again. You know, <laughs> um, th- these are things that, that that stick in your mind. They're they're they have emotion and they have. They combine your, your your hearing and your emotion and your movement to an extent. If you're if you're dancing, if you're just bopping in your car, and it really kind of becomes a part of you. The music is your life, whether you're a big music person or not. Excellent. Well, well, Greg, I, I thank a, you. Yeah. I, I have one. I have one more question for. I have one more question for Greg. Yeah. Greg, uh, I wanted to know some about the live concerts that you attended, like actually going out, seeing some of these artists that you kind of admired growing up. Um, have you? Have, did you enjoy going to any concerts, seeing any of these groups? Can you tell us about some of them or one of them or what have you? No, I haven't. I haven't been to too many. I've been to, um, you know, a couple of the the Billy Joel, Elton John. They always tour together. Oh. I've been to a couple of those concerts. I saw Garth Brooks oh. when he appeared in Central Park. Mm-hmm. Dave Matthews, um, a couple times I went to Dave Matthews. 
Told you he's out Vegas. Oh wow. <laughs> what about with your parents? Did they ever take your parents ever take your mom or your dad ever take you to like to see some of these uh, artists that they might have liked? When, when I went to when I went to my first concert, it was it was Billy Joel and Elton John at the Meadowlands in New Jersey. And yes, my parents took me to that. I was I was fourteen, fourteen or fifteen. And I think that was that was good because it, it was a link between my musical taste and theirs. Oh, it was something okay. that I enjoyed, something that they enjoyed, and actually some of the tapes I borrowed from my dad to to record onto my blank tapes. They, they were some some Billy Joel tapes. Okay. So, other than that, I'm not much of a concert person because I mm-hmm. think my tastes are just so all over the place, and there are very few artists who have enough songs I really, really enjoy where I'll say, I want to spend a night just listening to this band's music. Okay. Bruce Springsteen, that was another one. Bruce Springsteen, that was a good concert. Okay. Yeah, that's that's what I wanted to ask. That's good to know that, that you did spend some time with your parents and they did take you to a show, and uh, it's some of the things that they enjoyed, you enjoyed, and, and that speaks with you to this day. You know, that's good to know. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, Ian, well, that was my question I had. Um, it's great having absolutely. you on the show. Oh, thank Greg, you for having thank, me. Yes, and thank you very much, Greg. All right. And you you have an excellent day, whether it's listening to this show or to more music or to just the beautiful outdoors. So you enjoy your summer, I, and um, thank you very much. Thank, thank you very you. much, Ian. All right. Bye. Uh, yeah. All right, bye. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Greg Morado. How do you like that? He was just being able to share some really great things with us about just his background, just working with children and just being a child and just even like like just even going back to even like my own personal like music discovery and just going back into that place when you're seven you're seventh grade and you're like twelve, thirteen years old and you're not sure exactly what you what it is that you want to listen to and and I know Jay, I know we talk a lot about your background growing up with like a with 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 the amazing musical health in your families. Like like what was what was like I want you to take yourself back to seventh grade if that works for you and what was everyone in school listening to? Was that you know, yeah, that's that's my question right now. Yeah, well Back uh, when I was there, we were listening to um, the Osmonds, <laughs> um, Michael Jackson, and the Death and Five, um, the ending of the Vietnam War, you know, because everybody was kind of free. Music was just now becoming free, deep wonder. So it was kind of a free movement there where all these different types of genres of music uh, start coming to form, uh, funk and rock and funk rock and uh, Jimi Hendrix and all these different type of different kind of music was taking merging together to make new music and disco was coming out and so we got a, I got a chance to listen to all the new forms of music so I mean I mean the Bee Gees you know we 
we had all this type of new disco music coming out, and uh, things were changing, and we were turning into a free society. So that was like the 70s era, and um, that's what was happening in those days, back when uh, Dirt was young. <laughs> so, dirt was young. <laughs> yeah, back when Dirt was young. <laughs> like you, like you mentioned, like historically about music, about music becoming free. I know you had such great things that happened, like Woodstock in 1969. What was it? What was it that made the music free in a way that it wasn't free before? Well, the, what happened was that it, it used to be the music was separated in different styles of music. Like they had this one chart that was R&B music, and they had the country western chart and then they had the pop chart, and then they had the Hot 100 chart. And what happened was everything started to become one chart. So it wasn't, it wasn't like uh, everything was so segregated or separated. And so people enjoyed different forms of music. So it became, even though it became, everything becomes like one form where everybody enjoys all music instead of being, I'm just stuck over here, and this radio station only can play this style of music, and on this radio station only can play that style of music. And that was great because groups started crossing over, like the Commodores and um, the Ohio Players, um, the Stylistics. Matter of fact, speaking of that, uh, I I attended a concert uh, in the last week, and I got to hang out backstage with the uh, wow. Heat Wave, the Stylistics and the Dramatics and um, the Dasonics. And uh, it's a lot of groups on this uh, soul soul show. So those type of genres of music were more uh, enabled for people to listen to and enjoy. And it kind of made everything free, where you could do anything and you can get an audience now. Whether you're a truck driver driving across the great America or... If you were just an urban person stuck in the city, or you, or if you was in Tennessee, you still got to hear R and B, pop, rock, and disco. So the chart became one chart. So that's what I mean by that. And just to think, yeah. as Greg was talking about how how it's evolved, even in the last thirty years with with Pandora and with Spotify and with all these different music services that not only increased the variety of music, but also has, like, lowered that price point from a consumer level because I still remember, just like Greg said on the show, having my tapes, waiting for that one song I just wanted to have access to to play over and over again, and just waiting for that song to begin on the radio. Like, I remember, like, I hear, I really run to the tape recorder, have press record because I had no idea when it was going to come on. And it's like, if I lost it then, I had lost it forever. Or at least the version of forever when when you're a kid and all you want is this one thing and this is the only way you have the access to it at that moment. Right, because you can't afford to actually go to the store and buy every record that's out. And, uh, you know. I mean, that would be nice. That would have been nice on that day. (laughs) Yeah, it would be nice. Like, I I remember back when it was a very cool thing, and I'm actually brainstorming about a future segment, is, like, I remember, like, 
you remember this movie from the 1990s? It was this um, indie teen comedy called Empire Records. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I remember my sister loved that movie. She owned the VHS. I'm sure it's probably still at my father's house where really that there was like a level of community in terms of even like record stores. Like I used to think that it would be the coolest thing to own a record, not even own, not own a record store, but like to work at a record store and be like, I'm the one who knows all the music. I'm able to listen to all these cool songs and records and artists every day because I otherwise would not have had that ability. And it's, Weird thinking that, I mean, like, only a few short years later, I mean, it's been, like, maybe, like, almost 20 years since Empire Records came out, that the record store isn't necessary anymore. Like, in that communal experience and in terms of, like, the business model that you could just go on the Internet, you can buy a song on iTunes, you could even listen to a song streaming for free on YouTube right now. So the fact that it's changed, even though it's like that whole community aspect is is over and gone. In fact, yeah. That's a sad thing, Ian, because uh, by in, in some in some aspects, it's great that you can do all that. But what's sad about not having the neighborhood mom and pop or the corporate music store is people don't engage with each other. So you don't get, you know, like, you know, you ever go to the record store and somebody's saying, what's hot? Hey, man, I just bought blah, 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 you know, Billy Joel, and, you know, he has a new song coming out, and you guys should buy it. What would you buy? And then that guy ends up buying another record because he sees somebody in the store with the Billy Joel record, and it inspires him to go buy another record. So record companies will get more sales because people will promote songs inside of the record store and talk and engage with one another. And, and, and talk about the music scenes, you know. So with yeah. that, it's really sad, sad that we don't we don't um, we don't we don't have that type of engagement in that kind of village, you know. You kind well, of don't talk to ver- At least there's that version of the village. And to counterpoint on that, there are other places that are physical and virtual that allow that conversation, but. Really, like, the whole physical thing, like, I'm sure that, like, back in the day, I mean, record record store, especially, like, an independent one, I'm not talking about, like, the Sam Goodies or Music Lands at the mall, well, that must have, that must have been one of the coolest things ever, especially if you liked music, that you had the access to it, like, like, that's the thing with, like, movies, at least feature films right now, like, fact is, it's like, you still even, like, if you want to get it when it's brand new and it's right there, like, you need to be at the theater the day the movie opens. Like, that doesn't necessarily happen anymore. Okay. Okay. But yeah, that doesn't happen. It, it doesn't also, happen anymore. You're right. Right. But there's still levels of community. Like, I always bring the iPhone. up my, Yeah. You got the iPhone, the i stands for Ian, remember that everyone. That <laughs> you've got the, that there are message boards and there's Facebook and there's Twitter that bring people together with similar interests. 
so they can introduce each other to new songs. Like, like there's something like there's like a level of influence and like, like word of mouth has been expanded like hundreds of percentages because people have easier access to each other and their thoughts like in the moment. Like I can tell you that like there've been times where I've put up posts on my Facebook or my Twitter about what I'm looking for some new music. What do you, could you suggest to me? And I get a lot of great suggestions and albums, which I would have never, never bought if, someone didn't suggest it to me. Like last month I got the new My Morning Jacket album where it's like I'm not necessarily a huge fan of the band and I do have their previous album, which I thought was okay, but it, I wasn't, but I'm not like, a, at least in terms of My Morning Jacket, I'm, I wasn't necessarily a fanatic who I had to buy the album the day it came out like I used to with other artists like, like Dave Matthews' band and Pearl Jam growing up. But... I, I I paid the five dollars on Amazon. I had the download, and it's definitely probably the best um, recorded piece of music I've paid money for this year. Okay. And then you've got then there's also just Meetup.com. There are just groups like about different niches, about different things, about let's go to concerts together, let's have a viewing party or a listening party of like a live webcast or album or song. I think I think that yes, the record store as we know it is no longer in existence, but but there are certainly replacements. It's like one thing which I've very much stressed in the in the age of the internet is do not completely rely on being virtual. I think that there needs to be. I think that it's like anything else in excess, like. I highly suggest, and this is just my opinion, about a level of balance. About you can be, yes, communicate with people online, but don't let that be your only source of just connection to the outside world. Go out, meet people for meet people for dinner, or like going out to see a movie, or just just even if, if it's friends you know or people you haven't even met in person yet you're connected to online. Like, there was a lot of great people out there, and you really can't experience them as a whole if all, if you're just a pen pal and all you do is just write online. I mean, even, like, talking on the telephone is a step above being on the Internet because I know that I speak to a lot of people who I don't have the access to see every day because they live on other sides of the country like you, Jay. But mm-hmm. it's... Certainly, but certainly it's a huge, computers are great. Computers are great to facilitate um, interaction with humans. But I think the biggest thing that people get lazy with, and I'll admit that I've been a part of that too, is allowing the computer to completely replace your interpersonal interactions. Right. Well, most most people uh, they just get it's kind of like a it grows on you, and you just get stuck in front of your terminal. And I think they don't mean to it for it to replace, but they kind of they get drawn in. It's kind of like a a virus where you just get stuck, and then the computer becomes your whole life, you know, because there's so many things that you can do on it. And you in time, 
just melts away when you're in front of your computer screen. And before you know it, you become a computer junkie. And uh, yeah. that's what you don't want to happen to you, actually. <laughs> but most yeah. people, it happens, it happens to me. Yeah. Even though Agri Birds is very addicting, I will admit that. But Angry Birds is very addicting. I went to a bowling alley, and you remember the game where you get the call, you put like a dollar in, and you grab your yeah, your, yeah. Well, they had a bunch of Angry Birds in there. You know, I was like, wow, Angry Birds. I, is... I, I I saw that too. I saw the I saw what I saw the red bird. I saw the green pig. I was like, wow, like you, you know, there's an Angry Birds movie that's a development right now. Wow, that's uh, there's going to be an Angry Birds movie. My like I, my issue is if if it comes out in two years from now that might be two years too late because Angry Birds has been this huge viral hit. I mean the fact that you've got that the full like a regular version of the game costs a dollar and then you can buy like the my and I'm sure a lot of people especially children who are getting tired of playing a level will pay that extra dollar, same price as the game, to get the Mighty Eagle to beat the level for them. Oh, right. That's why I just they want to brag. It is just super successful. But at the same time, well, you can't allow your entire life to be Angry Birds or even just being on your phone or being on a computer. Go outside, play outside, and meet new people. And just keep them and continue to expand on the relationships you already have. Well, I think I seen uh, my auntie actually took one angry bird and knocked over everything with one shot, kind of like David and Goliath. And she and I never seen that before. She somehow she had the projectile right, and he hit one of the the birds, and it knocked over everything with one shot. I've never done that. Maybe you have, but I've never. Use one angry bird. I've done it at times. Okay. Like, especially like the easier levels, the earlier levels, sometimes. Sometimes? But, yeah, it's, it's just amazing. Like, I remember, like, I have an iPhone. I do not have an iPad. But I will admit, I once was at the Apple store. I was testing mm-hmm. an iPad, and they have, like, some preloaded apps on there so you can see it. So I was playing Angry Birds. Yes, I was at a mall at an Apple store, and I just decided to play Angry Birds on it with I was thinking, wow, it's a much bigger experience on a much bigger screen. But, yeah, I knocked some stuff down. Cause... Now, I wanted to let you know, too, uh, Ian, I want to let you know that uh, Xbox, uh, Microsoft, there's no new Xbox music services from their company this year. And there were some reports uh, that were inaccurate on July 12th that they'll be launching a, um, they'll be launching a new streaming service in the autumn. Well, they came out and stated that that was a lie. And they didn't want to compete with none of the other services, so they pretty much there'll be no Xbox uh, music service launching this year after all. So I wanted to wow. share that with everybody. <laughs> yeah, because technology is just always a big thing as new things keep on happening. Like how over the last month, how I've shared a few of my experiences with Amazon's cloud service and Google's cloud service. And Apple's, then you've got Spotify, which has finally come to the U.S. And I think that it's certainly there's new ways for 
people to get access to music for zero dollars or for a low cost, and for those that actually make the music to be paid for it and to be make a living from making music. And I think that's a win-win for everyone. The idea that it's who pays for everything, who is going to make money from this or from that, and that it doesn't necessarily have to be clear. As I said, I don't keep on like going through a broken record and no pun intended, but it happened about like the death of record stores. Right, right, right. Well, I want to say what what will be included uh, will be they'll be expanding the Zoom. I don't know. You, you have you ever had one of those Zoom devices, Ian? Uh, no, I'm an Apple guy. I had I had an iPod. <laughs> I've had okay. my iPod and I've had my iPhone, but I do know about the Zune. I think yep. that competition is great, even though I know Microsoft themselves have been phasing out the Zune as at least mm-hmm. as it originally was. But they have 11 million tracks. They're going to pretty much uh, add uh, voice search with with being on Xbox with Zune, and they're going to use the Connect controller. Have you played the Connect controller thing? They're going to have voice search with that where you could talk and find your favorite songs without having to actually input it from a keyboard. Or kind of move around. Yeah, so that's what they're doing. Um, So, But no more service. Only way to get to the service they have already. So I have a Zoom. It's pretty cool. I have an old one when it was too big, so I kind of leave it at home. Um, I was going to take it with, with us on our trip to London, Ian, but it was just too big. The iPhone was a lot easier <laughs> to take along. The iPhone makes a nice pet. <laughs> Although, as you know, and I'm sure the day it happens, I will happily, I'm looking forward to the new iPhone, whenever it's coming out. Whenever this comes out, I have no idea. I'm, I'm not going to say I'm a slave to Apple. I mean, this phone funny this phone is now officially i got this iphone that i currently have back way 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 back when i was 30 and mm-hmm. tomorrow i will be 33 which means i will Yay! have this phone for almost three years oh wow that's that's a good age 33 is a, that's a lucky number you know patrick ewing <laughs> i know that's, that's wonderful patrick hey, yeah. ewing <laughs> Hey, Ian, I wanted to ask you, you were telling me earlier about some great goodies that are coming up on the Internet, certain websites and stuff, and I wanted you to maybe talk about those to our audience. That, uh, these, yes, these different- yes, yes, there's a website where you can order ice cream online. Oh, you're not talking about that. No, there is. I want to tell you about this, um, about this organization called Play for Life, which Jay and I have had some relationships with. They're actually launching their website, which is Play for Life. That's online.org. That's the number four. That's not the word for. That's Play, P-A-L-Y, the number four, L-I-F-E-O-N-L-I-N-E dot com. I would like you to check that out and enjoy yourselves and explore it. But then also, I don't have a drum roll sound, but let's like make a drum roll. Uh, I don't know if you heard that. Yes, yes, yes. Jay has done it. Tomorrow, <laughs> Friday, July fifteenth, twenty eleven, is not only my birthday. 
It will also be the day of the finally the relaunching of our show's website. That's right. ParentsKidsMusic.com is going to be back online. It's going to be live. It's going to be great. You'll have you'll have access to be able to listen to all of our past shows. And also, there'll be there'll be a way for you to contact us if you want to be like Greg to us today and be a guest on our show, as I know we can definitely, we invite you and you and you and you appointing to the entire world right now to be guests on Parents Kids Music here in the future. And additionally, we're also looking for some sponsors. Um, I'll, I'll bring it out into the open. Yeah, we'd love people to partner with people who also believe and um, uh, align with our mission to really just strengthen the relationships of parents and children when it comes to music. Like I can see so many different great companies who I think would be great fits for this show. So we invite you tomorrow and every day after that to go to parentskidsmusic.com and get in contact with us. I mean, Jay, is this exciting? This is great. I am so excited. We only have like, maybe like less than 11 hours before we go online, and uh, I am just ecstatic of what's happening. And, wow, man, Jeez, I mean, this is great, great news. You guys got to check this out. You can reach us there, and we'll be glad to respond. And we do say that. So, so Jay, you know what? It's not July 15th yet. It's still July 14th. Any final thoughts for the day before we go away for another week? Well, um, I'd just like to say I'm grateful that uh, we are here today with our beautiful audience. And my final thought for the day is let's love one another and keep music alive in your families because it's very important. Music is something that sticks with you. And, it's, you know, it's not a drug. You know, it's not a food. It's not a vitamin. But your body needs it. <laughs> so it's kind of strange, you know. It doesn't do anything to your body bad, but you need music in your life. So, And music music is lovely, so just keep music alive. That's my final thought for our audience out there. Keep it alive. Excellent. Thank you very much, Jay, once again. Another great show. Thank you to Greg Morano, and thank you to his school for giving him the entire summer off every year. So we invite you to join us again next week on Parents Kids Music. Yes, our show has going to be once again Thursday. It's going to be, let me look at the calendar in front of me. That will be Thursday, July 21st at 3 p.m. on the East Coast and 1, 9, 12 noon on the West Coast and any time in between. So, Jay, thank you very much for a great show. Thank you, too, Ian. Excellent. I will see you all next week and listen to you all next week here on Parents Kids Music. Thank you. Thank you.